As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. You just do bullet points and then you speak on that bullet point for a couple of minutes. It'll flow a lot better and it'll be a lot more conversational as opposed to you having a 10,000 word script written out and you read everything straight from it. Isn't it just the best when a software comes out that makes your life easier, makes you more money, and by the way, it's free? Well, welcome to Stessa, today's best ever sponsor. Stessa is a smarter income and expense tracking software for property owners. It allows you to track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate assets. So basically, it helps you make more money by looking at your properties in one dashboard. It's a beautiful dashboard, by the way. And it shows you the KPIs, the key performance indicators that you care about. What's the value? How much cash flow are you getting? What's the debt that you have on the properties? What are you bringing in monthly? What are you bringing in annually? And it allows you to have a quick snapshot, not only of your properties, but also come tax time, it's a breeze because you can scan receipts and invoices directly from the phone app and Stessa will automatically read and categorize them for you. No more data entry. It's been talked about in Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and all it takes is just a few minutes to add your properties, link the accounts, and everything updates in real time. Without Stessa, I was looking at my portfolio on an infrequent basis. I'm talking about my single family home portfolio. I got three single family homes, and I didn't realize that I had trapped equity. But if I was looking at it from a dashboard that Stessa has, then I would have realized that, hey, I got a portfolio value of X and I've got debt on it of Y. Holy cow, look at all this trapped equity. I'm missing out. And with Stessa, that won't happen. So go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. And it's free. It's free. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. Today is Friday. We got follow along Friday. Joining us is Theo Hicks, like he normally does on follow along Friday. The purpose of follow along Friday is to talk about what we got going on as real estate entrepreneurs and investors and how that can be helpful to you as a real estate entrepreneur and investor. So we'll kick things off with updates and we've got some announcements. 
on some conferences that I recommend, as well as we got a best ever trivia question. We'll be giving away a copy of the first book that we wrote. So with that being said, Theo, you want to kick it off? Yeah. So last week I toured that 80 units in Tampa that I was talking about. I didn't give much information on it last time because I hadn't visited it yet. But today I wanted to talk about the process that I used and that you can use too when touring a property and your property management company cannot come. Because we talk about this a lot that you want your property management company to help you out with your underwriting assumptions, with your rehab assumptions, and to confirm that because obviously they're going to be the ones that are managing the property. But a challenge to come across in the beginning is that obviously lack of credibility and your property management company is not going to go see every single property you want to see until you've actually done a deal. And I'm sure for you guys, if you find a deal, your property management company jumps on it because of how many deals you've done. Whereas for someone who hasn't done a deal before, it's a little bit different. So what do you do? Do you just keep them out of the loop completely until the deal's under contract? Well, that's not what I did. So when I toured the property, I went with my business partner this time, especially the first deal that he toured with me. And going into it, my plan was to take as many pictures as possible, specifically of anything that I knew we would need to do some sort of rehab to. So for example, during the tour, we saw three different units. One of them had just been updated and turned, so someone was actually in there cleaning it. Another unit was already completely rehabbed and they were renting it at the moment. So those units are basically the same. And then there's a one unit that was kind of their standard unit. So at this property, they've got their base unit and then they've done a few minor upgrades to about 10 of the units. It's like new appliances, new floors, new cabinet doors. Well, I think they did a lot. The only thing that they didn't do were new lights and backsplash and kind of smaller things. So I obviously needed my management company there to see the conditions and give me an idea of what it would cost to turn around. So I took pictures of the kitchens, the bathrooms, the floors, the ceiling fans, the ceilings, because they actually had popcorn ceilings, essentially everything that I thought that we would need to address. And then the same with the exteriors. So I took a picture of the monument sign, because we plan on doing a new monument sign if we were to buy this property. I took a picture of the actual stucco, because we were going to paint it. There's an area for a dog park. So essentially anything on the exterior that I also would want to touch. And I went home and I uploaded all those pictures to my computer. And then I essentially created a PowerPoint presentation with side-by-side pictures of the kitchens, the before and after, the bathrooms before and after, the floors before and after, and then exactly what I wanted to do to those. For the example, the kitchen, I wanted to put in new cabinets, new counters, new floors, new hardware, things like that. And then below that, the pictures are the list of everything I needed to do plus a price. Repeated the same thing for the exteriors as well. And then sent that over to my management company where they looked at it and said, well, all this looks good, except maybe this price is a little bit low and this price looks a little bit high. What were those items that they were different from you? One of them was the popcorn ceilings, actually. I had no idea how much that would cost to fix. So that's when you've got that weird stuff kind of hanging up the ceilings. We need to sand it down and repaint it. And that was one thing that was a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. They said it'd be about $150 per unit. And I thought it'd be like 500 bucks per unit. One thing I've noticed is residents don't mind the popcorn ceiling, but owners hate it. Hmm. It's good to know. 150 isn't that bad. And if we remove it, it's not going to change our numbers that much. But that's still good to know. Because when you're done sanding it, it looks really nice. So I think that is, for now, the best approach to essentially giving your 
property management company a virtual tour of the property. Of course, it's way better for them to come because you're only taking pictures of things that you see, whereas they're going to see things that I wouldn't have even noticed. Like the first property I toured with them, they saw that the railings were too low and they were out of the code. But this property is a little bit different because it's really maintained. Now, going away from the problem with this property. Real quick before you get into the problem with the property, is your management team local to Tampa? Yeah. And do they have units that are in this area already that they manage? Yeah, they know the area very well. So my question is, how come they are not already familiar with the property? I wouldn't think that you'd need to take pictures of, say, the monument sign and the stucco and even the interiors, because I would think that they would have already been familiar with the property and had been secret shopping the property just for market rent comps already. I don't think this property. The last one they looked at, the 292 unit, they knew all about it. It was a little bit smaller. It's 80 units. And they knew it was for sale. And they know what it should sell at. But I don't think they've actually been to this property before. Now, I know I'm defending them a little bit, but there are a ton of apartments in this area. Like a ton of apartments. I've never seen anything like it before. So I'm sure if I asked them like, hey, have you heard of this property before? They'd say, yeah, but I'm not sure if they've actually been there before. Pros and cons of buying a property with a ton of apartments close by. What would you say? Well, it depends on the actual type of apartments. So if it was in an area that had a ton of luxury apartments, I'd be a lot more excited about buying a property of this size. As we mentioned a few following Fridays back, you can offer that luxury experience without the luxury cost. But in a low-income area, it kind of scares me a little bit because at the end of the day, and this is something I was going to get into that I noticed, and again, this could just be a coincidence and a one-time thing, But when I was looking at the comps in this area, there's so many apartments that it seems like the rents aren't based on square footage. They're just based on a one bed versus a two bed. Because I did six comps and five of them were essentially exactly what our property is going to be like once it's done. And then the sixth comp is basically like the market leader. So it's the nicest property in the area. And (laughs) all the rents were basically the same for the one beds and the two beds, even though the really nice one, the units were way bigger. So when you look at the dollar per square foot, I think the average for the one bedroom ended up being a dollar thirty something. But for this property, the really nice one, since the units were like two hundred square feet bigger than all the other ones, the dollar per square foot was something along the lines of a dollar ten or maybe even lower. So I didn't even know what to even think about that. And I still really don't know what to think about that. Yeah, you got pros and cons with being in an area that has a lot of apartments in it already and people go to an area just to shop a lot of different apartments. Pro is you get more drive-by traffic and walk-ins because they're shopping other apartment communities that are next door to you. And then they just go shop yours as well. And then the con is the pricing because you're competing with a bunch of other apartments in that immediate area And that could drive your price down because it's so competitive. One solution is to offer a look and lease special when you have an apartment community in an area that has a lot of other competition. And the look and lease special works as the following way. You offer a special to someone who comes in and looks at the property and leases it that day. 
So assuming that you're able to get their approval done within that period of time, then if they sign the lease or if they sign a commitment to the lease at that time, whenever they're there, then you give them some sort of concession, whether it's half off the first month's rent or something else that you and your team come up with. But you really need to be focused, not saying you, Theo, but just as investors in general, we need to be focused on converting the walk-ins to become residents because that's your advantage. So you want to play up your advantage as much as possible. So really the key is on that conversion and increasing that conversion rate. Because then if you're increasing the conversion rate, then you're enjoying all the pros of living in that area or having apartment community in that area with other large apartment communities. And you're mitigating the downside of that. Yeah, that's something we would definitely have to implement at this property if we were to buy it. Because there's just so many apartments that, as you mentioned, they're going to come and they're going to look at 10 different apartments and who knows what they're going to do to choose which one they're going to pick. That's great advice. Now, the problem with this property is that it's owned by one of those owner operators. So something- No management fees. A lot of problems. No management fees. Very disorganized T12. They've lumped in CapEx with maintenance and repairs. So it took a while to pull all of those out and actually figure out what the actual maintenance and costs were them renovating units. But usually for apartments, there's not a price set. It's just dictated by the market. Whereas as this is a smaller 80 unit, not necessarily smaller, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, apartments are 150, 200 units. And it's an owner operator. They have a number in mind of what they want and it's got a list price. And I know cap rates, I'm not based on my purchase price off of the cap rate, but I was just curious to see what the cap rate would be based off of their purchase price and the in-place net operating income. And it's 4.75% at a market that's 6.5% cap rate. So that's 6.5 million versus $4.75 million purchase price. And if we're underwriting, the deal makes sense around a 5.25 million. So the last thing I need to do is hear back from our lender, which he actually called me right before we went live. So I'm going to call him back to see what the debt quote is going to be just to ballpark estimate. What mortgage broker are you going with, Mark Belsky? Yep. Yeah. And once I get that, I'll plug that in my cash flow calculator and get the final number. And if they want 6.5 million and we can only pay 5.25 million, we're going to offer 5.25 million and see what happens. You're going to offer your best and final price at the beginning? Well, yeah, sorry. I'm probably going to start at five. 5.25 is the highest we can go. Hopefully they don't listen to this episode. They won't. Like, wait a second. <laughs> You offered five, Theo. I heard on Follow Along Friday that you're good for 5.25. The deal still makes sense. Cool. So that's that deal. And then I quickly want to talk about another deal we're looking at, which is the opposite end of the spectrum of this one. It's similar size. It's about 70 units, but it's in an area where it's the largest apartment in that area. So it's in St. Pete, which is... I, sorry, I'm confused. You said it's 70 units, seven zero. Uh, it's around 76 units. Exactly. Okay, but you said it's the largest apartment. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Largest building, largest apartment community? Yeah, number of units. Okay, got it. I thought there was some massive apartment unit that you're referring to. Okay. Sorry, the building with the most number of units in St. Pete Beach. This is the area where there's no construction whatsoever, ever. This is obviously an older property, but <laughs> I'm going to underwrite it. I haven't underwritten it yet. I'm going to go over this weekend, but I wanted to mention it because in the offering memorandum, I've never seen this before. They say that the rents can be raised by over $700. Oh, wow. That's New York City style right there from a rent controlled apartment to market rate. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yes, yeah, so I'm curious to see where they're getting that from. Yeah. 
Looking forward to hearing more about that one. So I will talk about that one next week. Cool. As far as stuff I got going on, we just had our conference call last night on a deal that we're buying. And one thing I noticed, so it's like the 22nd syndicated deal we've done somewhere around there, low 20s. I think I finally figured out the way to prepare for these calls. And I believe this will help everyone listening who also has similar conversations or does similar calls. It might be specific to me, but I'm pretty sure it will be helpful for others. And what I did is I have an outline for what I'm going to talk about. I type it out in detail in a Word document, and then I do research, find different articles, etc. So I'm creating the foundation, and then I think about the flow of the conversation, and then I write it down in my notebook, the bullet points, so that I just have talking points versus me looking at a long Word document that is detailed and That way, whenever I actually do the presentation during the conference call, it's more conversational versus robotic. And the call went really well last night. Looking forward to closing out on that deal. So that's one thing that I thought would be helpful for others who are raising capital for deals or speaking to investors is just to take the approach that I just mentioned. What did you used to do? The part that was missing was writing it down in a notebook, the bullet points. Mm -hmm. And similar to when I interviewed Tony Hawk, I thought I did a terrible job interviewing Tony Hawk because I was overly prepared, so I thought. But I think you can be overly prepared as long as you don't follow all that information to a T whenever you're having the presentation or that conversation. I think you can have as much information as you can consume to be prepared, but then go in being focused on the engagements taking place at that moment in time and just trust that you've then written down the bullet points and you know the things you need to mention. And if you don't mention it all, then that's fine because it's more about the engagement and getting out most of the stuff that you need to versus getting out all of it and being more of an an awkward conversation or sounding like a robot. Something that people that have never done an investment call before, I bet they don't understand is it is way different when you're doing a recording, talking to like someone like we're doing right now, as opposed to you just like talking to yourself. Obviously there are people are on the phone, but they can't talk back to you. So like you're talking the entire time. So just the flow is way different. So when you're interviewing someone, they can say something and you can build off of that or change the subject completely. Whereas when it's just you just talking, you miss something, you don't really know because no one can tell you. If you're not making sense, you don't really know because no one can tell you until later. So that's good. You make the bullet points and make sure that you're not doing a script because people can tell when you're doing a script. And if you just do bullet points and then you speak on that bullet point for a couple of minutes, it'll flow a lot better and it'll be a lot more conversational as opposed to you having a 10,000 word script written out and you read everything straight from it. Yeah, I believe we had stuff in our best ever apartment syndication book about conference calls too, and how to prepare for those conversations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we do. Yeah, more information on that if you want to dig in there. Just look in that section of the book. Good stuff. So moving on, we're going to mention one of your clients' conferences today on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dan Hanford. He's got a virtual summit, 40 plus speakers. I'm going to be one of them. I think I'm doing the keynote. It's a virtual conference. So 
you can attend from your living room or your office. There's also several in-person meetup events surrounding the summit. So like watch parties, pre-event meetups, things like that. You can sign up for the virtual summit. It's Dan Hamford's Multifamily Investor Nation Summit, January 17th and 19th at apartmentevent.com. So super easy to remember, apartmentevent.com. But wait to get your discount code, which I'm about to give you. And that is best ever, all caps. You get $100 off. So all caps, best ever, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R, no space. You go to apartmentevent.com and sign up for that summit. That's great that he got that URL, apartmentevent.com. <laughs> yeah, smart. All right, so on to the trivia question. So last week's question was, what is the cheapest state to live in based off of cost of living factors? And the answer was Mississippi. So if you were the first person you'll be getting a signed copy of the first book that we wrote. You also want to answer this week's question in order to get your book. I'm not sure if we'll do repeat, but definitely continue to answer these questions in order to receive that signed book. The question is going to be, what is the city with the highest total share of high-end apartment buildings? So these are B-plus or higher apartment buildings. And this covers all of 2017 and all of 2019 through October. So what is the city with the highest total share of high-end luxury class B plus or higher apartment buildings? So it's the percent of the apartment buildings are B plus. What city has the highest percentage of B plus apartment buildings? Exactly. Is it buildings or units? It was buildings. Buildings. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have the answer again in this, in this <laughs> document I have in front of me. I definitely would not have guessed it next week. We won't have the answer in here, so I'll give my guess for future questions. Good luck, best ever listeners on this one. It's definitely surprising. And for the winners of previous questions, we will be sending those books out in the next week or two. Samantha, my right-hand person on my team, she'll be mailing them out. We got to get some copies in our office first, and then I'll sign and then we'll get them out to you. So if you won already, it's coming. We're on top of it. And then February 22nd, 23rd, you know what's going on, don't you, Theo? Best Ever Conference 2019. That's right, Best Ever Conference 2019. And it's in Denver, Colorado. Go to besteverconference.com. A speaker that I want to mention is going to be there is Julie Lamb of Good Egg Investment. She is going to be on a panel that I will be moderating about taking the leap from smaller stuff to larger stuff and how she has done that with some specific case studies and some other people on the panel will be speaking about that topic as well. It was one of the highest rated panels that we did last year and we usually don't repeat panels, but we are going to have the same focus for a panel this year, different people on the panel, but same focus because it's not only inspiring, but it's a how-to panel for how others got from point A to point B and scaling their business. So it will be beneficial for you to attend and hear that panel as well as the others that we got going on. You get a discount 5% when you enter the code. I forget the code, but when you go to besteverconference.com, right before you click the buy now button, there's a code in that little section there. So you can simply enter that code and you get 5% off your ticket. Nice. I'm looking forward to that panel. 
I'm kind of going through the same thing right now. Lastly, if you buy the best ever Parmesan syndication book on Amazon and leave a review, you have the opportunity to be the review of the week. Read a lot on the podcast. This week's review is from Chad Eisenhart. It's a little bit longer, but I really wanted to read it because he had reached out on Bigger Pockets and was talking about how grateful he was for the book. And I asked him to leave a review on Amazon and he did. So I'm going to read his review right now. So he said, the best ever apartment syndication book tells you the exact steps to work on to buy apartments with investor money. As you can see from the attached photos, he attached a photo of a bunch of post-it notes in his book. I found plenty of actionable steps to implement. Apartment syndication is a team sport and they do not give you a bunch of fluff telling you it will be easy or quick. They tell you exactly what to do today and tomorrow and the next day and at the sale. I'm in the process of reviewing my notes and making my list of what to start on today. Add this in with their podcast, free, and syndicationschool.com, free. And if I do not hit my apartment syndication goals I laid out for myself, the only person to blame is me. I joined a mentoring program for $5,000 a few years back. Not to insult that group, but Joe and Theo's content deserved my $5,000, not just the $43 I spent on the book. He posted about that in the <laughs> Facebook group. Did you see my comment about yep. that? I hope the check's on the way. Yeah, I mentioned to him in our Facebook group, which is besteverecommunity.com, free to join and hang out with us and chat. I said, well, Theo was wanting you to send us to 5000 but I said, that's ridiculous, Theo. He already paid $43 for the book, so he can just send us $4,957. And that's totally <laughs> But in all seriousness, thank you so much for taking time to write the review and glad it's been helpful. Most importantly, glad it's been helpful. And that code for the conference is TAKE5. The best ever conference is TAKE5. So mm-hmm. T-A-E and the number five. And that's also on the website, besteverconference.com. Well, good hanging out with you, Theo, as always. Best ever listeners, nice hanging out with you too. Hope you got some value from this. I'm confident that you did and looking forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Finally, there's a simple way to track rental performance. Stessa, our best ever sponsor, lets real estate investors track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate portfolios for free. Go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. You'll always know how your properties are performing with this dashboard. It's a beautiful looking dashboard and it will help you save time with smarter income and expense tracking. You don't have to do any more data entry. Just upload the stuff directly from your phone. It tracks it in real time. Get organized for tax time with tax ready financials so you can download them instantly. This thing was built by investors for real estate investors. It's been featured in all the publications you can think of. To get set up with your free account, just add your properties, link your accounts, and everything else updates in real time. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best ever to get started.